This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Head of Sport Mark McMahon to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, Transfer Trauma, we break down why Pompey fans are waiting for their club's transfer business to accelerate as rivals go about their recruitment work this summer. Making a mark. As Mark Catlin faces criticism, we look at his standing and where he belongs in the hierarchy of Pompey CEOs. And healing fractures is the Pompey dressing room damaged by the events of the past season. We're now available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. We've got the A-team in situ, Neil Allen and Jordan Cross. Welcome, lads. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. If we're the A-team, are you howling Mad Murdoch? No, I always like to think of myself as Fierce, the good-looking one of us all. Really? <laughs> BA, BA, was a, BA was a bit of a childhood hero of mine, I've got to say. You can Please. be BA. Yeah, I, I, had the, I had the figure of him when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Actually, actually, Amy, the A-team, coincidentally, her surname was Alan. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Mm. Right. Stat for you that. Yeah. Right. Good start to the show then. Well, exactly. The, the <laughs> listeners have learned something. For once, the listeners have learned something. Listen to this something podcast. As they wish that we quickly gather pace and talk about a bit of Pompey. So uh, let's well, do that. I've got no idea what we're talking about. No. Yes, we need to think about our our target audience. Anybody that's listening to this as a podcast are probably younger than the, th- the three of us, so we need to be aware of that there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. talk about TikTok, I'm afraid. <laughs> if, you, if you want us to meet our target audience, I think we just got to slag off the manager, haven't we? <laughs> if we, are, we should do, we should. Yes, exactly. Well, that's, 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 that's Give them what they want. Judging, that's judging social media, Neil. That's not necessarily a fair barometer of the whole Pompey <laughs> audience. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just quickly go on to that that subject matter, saying as as Mark Tatlin addressed it yesterday in his Q and A at the club? Well, go on, Mark. Think... <laughs> I've Mark. said enough. I've said enough to be honest. Let one of you two speak for a change. Go on, Neil. Over to you. <laughs> oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, since Mark Catlin's been chief executive, he won't comment too much about the uh, about the manager and whether uh, uh, his safety in the job and, and all sorts and uh, Mark Catlin again 
uh, took that stance, didn't he, in his, his chat with the football club. Um, now, I know there's a, plenty of fans out there that don't want jackets. However, the truth, the fact is, Kenny Jacket is remaining as Pompey boss. Uh, Mark Catlin might not go into as much detail as you would like, but it doesn't matter. He is staying as Pompey boss. And I know some people won't appreciate that, but there's nothing anyone can do. And uh, the only people that can change that would be the owners, uh, potentially off a, a bad start for Pompey as well this season. Um, but he's here into the last year of his contract and we'll see how it pans out. It's as simple as that. And I know we'll get moaned at, I know Mark Catton will get moaned at, but that's how it is. Fair enough. And to be honest, we've discussed Kenny Jag this past few weeks and as Neil says, he's not going anywhere. To me, no. the debate is, is sort of a dead and buried until that first game of the season where yeah. it could re- reignite itself. But until then, yeah, we've discussed Kenny. I'm not going to get you to discuss Kenny Jagger, mm-hmm. Jordy as well. So, well, do, you, do you know what? I, I'm watching a series on Netflix at the moment called Dark. And it's, um, it's about time travel. Um, and it's about <laughs> time not being linear. It's cyclical. So you don't have to start at one place in the you know, as we understand it, time being linear, it goes around in cycles. And I feel like I'm on a kind of pompy cycle at the moment where you get, get jacket out. We've got we can't afford to. We've got to pay half a million pounds for that. The club's hemorrhaging seven hundred thousand pounds a month. Buy some players. Well, no, there's a wage cap in now. If you look at I'm sure we'll talk about this, the business that's going on, how many of those players would you want at the moment? We're not going for the players that you you uh, you're after, the championship players, let's be realistic. Blame the Eisners. Okay, well, yeah, you can do it. And, you know, you can give them some criticism. But you did, you know, the fans, fan ownership did vote for those. And actually, they never said they would spend big as well. And then the cycle just goes back again. And it goes back to, get Jacket out. I mean, we're just on this kind of... <laughs> just going around in this never-ending, fairly depressing and pretty bleak cycle. Certainly, if you try and engage on, on, on Twitter um, in, in recent weeks. Although, given that, I would say... There has been a, um, some more reason and a debate um, in the last maybe you know this this week or so. So there, there is there is a silver lining. And there are. That's only, that's only because they've been muted. That's why. <laughs> yeah, Neil's been muting anybody that disagrees with our talk. I've, I've been muting a fair <laughs> few, and it's, it's it's more lovely now. I've I've been muting some some of these idiots, dear me. Do you think yeah. Michael Eisen, Do you think Michael Eisner's muted any Pompey fans on Twitter? Burn him out. Any tiny <laughs> tweets? Anything? It could be about his life in LA and Hollywood and those circles. Pompey fans just bombard his Twitter feed with jacket out. He's going yeah. to get sick of it. Yeah. Do you know what? On a, on a serious note, we are now entering pre-season friendlies. Can you imagine the furore if Pompey lose a pre-season friendly? Because there will be, it will get really. I mean, it's, it's, we are in a toxic situation anyway, where anything can tip anyone over the edge, and even an unsatisfactory draw or a defeat in a pre-season friendly, it will rattle people. We are in that environment at the moment, and for me, that's that's very concerning, because it's it's toxic. It really is. Uh, I've always said Kenny Jagger is one game away from the whole thing just reigniting and that's unfortunately the circumstances but mm. for, for fans to maybe start getting uptight and all about pre-season friendly results come on now we all know what pre-season friendlies are for we can't really start judging anything by that can we? Uh, it happens I remember years ago um, Pompey getting well turned over at Dorchester 
in a pre-season friendly. And um, yeah, and this was kind of probably, well, the internet was probably in, in its infancy, let alone social media, but there was anger out there on the, on the, on the forums then. And I remember Milan Mander being absolutely furious and, and up in arms. And, uh, you know, it, it's been it's well documented. I think that Harry Redknapp used to say, isn't it? It, it, it's, not, it's not about pre-season. We can have some of the most successful years at Pompey, in Pompey's history have come off the back of uh, indifferent pre-season results. But it, it doesn't take much for uh, Pompey fans on social media, some of the Pompey fans, not, not all of them, uh, to, to be tipped over the edge at the moment, you know, Brandon Houndsdrop, uh, Adam May are world beaters, Lee Brown, Sean Raggett have become worse players overnight, despite the fact that they are steady signing, although perhaps not the sexy signings that, that Pompey wants. So, pretty much any 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 news is being interpreted is is a, a lot worse than it potentially is, and being used as a as a stick to beat jacket with. Which perhaps is a little bit unfair. Whatever you, whatever you think, you your jacket, and, and there are legitimate criticisms for him and what and what's happened in the recent months. But that is the way it is at the moment, and that, that that's where that term toxic then then comes up again, isn't it? I've, yeah. I've read quite a few people uh, hammering Mark Catlin describing as Pompey's worst ever chief executive. And you well, think, seriously? Rubbish, isn't it? That, I tell you what, David Lampert was the most despicable chief executive I've ever come across. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention I words, could, don't you? I, I, well, I, I could rant about David Lampett all I like, <laughs> and um, but I don't need to because people like uh, Richard Hughes and Michael Brown uh, have uh, outed him, and uh, others' uh, opinions can be heard soon as well uh, in forthcoming books. But uh, yeah, Lampett was, was <laughs> in all good books. Disgraceful. <laughs> Lamp, no. you, you couldn't get a straight Lamp uh, answer out of Lampett, uh, and when it was, it was usually uh, the opposite to the truth. Yeah. Um, I, David Lampert. I, I, let's talk about David Lampert here. Yeah, David Lampert. Uh, <laughs> when 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 Pompey were um, uh, were in serious fin- trouble the second time round, which was not Lampert's fault, in fairness. But um, when they were fighting for trouble, the news got involved in the Twelfth Man campaign, didn't they? And uh, we won the, we 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 ran a logo. I think it was our logo we created with the Pompey badge. And Lampett complained about us using the Pompey badge for a campaign to save the club without the club's permission. <laughs> uh, that's how mad it was. And he ref- we used to have these, uh, we had a couple of high profile meetings where uh, uh, councillors came along, uh, where community heads came along, lawyers, businessmen, all sorts. And I sat in a couple of them. Uh, Emma Jib was there as well from the news. And Lampett refused to attend and sent Johnny Moore instead. Because <laughs> that, that is just Lampett. I mean, we could tell a load of stories about Lampett. So don't anyone tell me that uh, Mark Catlin, who's open, transparent, is worse chief executive than, than David Lampett, dear me. If you say that, I'm going to block you and, and mute you as well on Twitter. Please tell me yeah. that, someone. Peter Harris's funeral. That's the three words I've got for you when it comes to David Lampett. Peter Harris's funeral, what happened there? Absolute disgrace that the club were demanding money from, you know, uh, to hold the uh, the wake of a legend, and that that was on. I had hours on the phone with Lampett over that one, uh, two or two and them throwing. Uh, but perhaps it was that word transparency that he came in on on the ticket of transparency, didn't it? And I always thought, you know, whatever your criticism of Peter's story, um, and and everything he he did over the years, at least with Peter's story, he, he was what he was. You knew you knew what he was. David Lampett 
purported to be something that he was actually the, the total opposite of in, 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 in being coming in as a straight talking honest guy with his FA background and uh, we won't get, get into the details but it was it was anything but the case well, yeah, yeah, well, here... story I'll be story story banned me personally on just me on two occasions story but I, I still would say he was not as bad as Lampert despite him doing that to me so uh, you know, we, we just try to look at things reasonably and rationally. And, and Lampitt was completely out of his depth. And, uh, you know, if you, uh, the way he treated Michael Brown and, uh, and Richard Hughes was a disgrace. Uh, Michael Brown said a bit about this in recent months, didn't he, as well. And Richard Hughes had talked about this in the, in the next play at Pompey 3 book. But, uh, but, but Lampitt really was out of his depth. And there's, there's so many things, like when he claimed to supporters that... Um, John Utaka has sold himself um, uh, behind the club's back and, and other such nonsense as that. Um, and a uh, few people had a good word to say about him behind the scenes. So I know we're getting a bit off topic here, but please don't say Mark Catlin is a bad chief executive because Lampert trumps him comfortably. Yeah, yeah. and obviously David Lampert's not here to defend himself too, so I think we do need to say that. But again, I think a lot of people will hear what you are saying. Um, Concur. Um, so yeah, I thought you were going to bring him in. Then I thought you were going to surprise us. He's not here. Here he, he is. is. Here he is. David Lampert. David Lampert. Yeah. Jordy's oh, managed no, to no. get a few guests on this here, but unfortunately, he hasn't managed to get David Lampert. So maybe that's one Jordy can aspire to in the weeks to come. Okay, look, this is your life setup going on. We get the rent book out for you, Mark. Just talking about Mark, like Mark Catlin did a Q&A of the club yesterday. You guys have a great relationship with him. He will speak to you at length and in depth about any topic you just want to talk about. Um, he's, he's very transparent. He's, he's, I, I just can't see how anybody can have a go at Mark Catlin and the job he's done under very difficult circumstances at the moment. Uh, look, look, Mark Catlin's the best CEO in twenty odd years. Uh, you know, twenty years worth of the news. Um, most of that on the Pompey beat. That I've, I've come to be the, the, the best that I've worked with. And the thing about Mark, he he is honest. I, I don't feel that he's ever actually outright. He when you speak to him, he won't lie to you. And that, and, that, and that's the first for us with uh, with, dealing with, uh, <laughs> with a CEO. You actually can have a. T- Backwards and forwards conversation. You don't agree on everything. Um, you can have an honesty, and uh, and it's it's reassuring that, that you know you get off there. And perhaps he can't tell you everything, but he's honest with you, and, and he's straight with you. And that in any relationship, in any any walk of the life, any 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 career, is it, it, not a not a bad starting point for me. And uh, yeah, I think that the, the open door policy he has with supporters. I mean, how many how many. CEOs are on the end of an email and, and, and replying, which he constantly does does with fans. Um, the Q and A's, everything, everything. I mean, I don't think you can knock Mark Kaplan um, for, for the job he's done in his time at Pompey. Now, what the, this, what the, where the anger is coming from? It's just a scattergun anger at the moment uh, with yeah. fans, and then that, he 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 has he is the man day to day that's at the you know with, with his team that, that's that's calling the shots, but. Um, no, I, I, no, for my money, I don't think you can be labelling much criticism or leaving it at the door of Mark Catlin. Um, I was going to say, he's come out and said, like talking about 
Jagan, he's, he's mentioned Jagan in his latest Q&A. He's also went into the transfer stuff too. Um, nothing em- imminent at the moment. Again, something that's going to irk a lot of fans. But at the same time too, the club are adopting a sensible approach to this transfer market and just the whole ramifications of coronavirus. So can you, can you really knock them on that approach, bearing in mind where we find ourselves at this moment in time? I wouldn't say it's a sensible approach. I'd say it's more the, the impact of the salary cap. Uh, yeah. it's, an essential, it's an essential approach because um, obviously with a squad size at the moment, Pomer can only sign three more senior players. Uh, obviously with a salary cap, um, they're restricted in how much they can offer uh, players as well. So that they've got, they have to abide by this at the moment. And it's difficult. And I know fans would like to see six players through the door or whatever. But at the moment, you've only got three spaces and a lot of players wouldn't want to leave in the current climate uh, because they're going to struggle to find another club. So this is what Pompey have to deal with. And uh, I mean, we've written enough warnings and details about what ha- would happen with the salary cap. And I know some supporters have said we've been going on about it too much. But it's important and hopefully people now appreciate and understand what the salary cap and uh, the implications will do to the football club in terms of ambition. And we're already seeing it. But it's, it's, it's going to hammer Pompey, unfortunately. But then again, Jordy, a lot of fans are still arguing, well, why didn't you bring in players before the salary cap? Yeah. yeah. But again, Mark yeah. has, has outlined the reasons behind that as well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, again, this is, this is the fronting up and, and, and nothing's off limits, but so Poppy have, have, have 19 players at the moment. They, they wanted to uh, leave um, free spaces or a few spaces for loans, so that's, that's the reason why they weren't, weren't going up and um, hammering down doors before, before, the, uh, before the, the cut-off for the wage cap, so that, that was a key part part of the thinking and I guess the other part is that they didn't want to be able to ransom in paying over, over the odds for players in that situation as well so they're probably the, the, the two issues probably think they will get more bang for their buck by working down the loan market I think we spoke in length last week about the potential problems of that but again yeah. it's, a, it's a situation that Pompey find them in they're, they're having to come up with a policy um, against the backdrop of, of losing money through the coronavirus pandemic and then the impact of the wage the wage cap and, and squad restric- restrictions so although not the ideal outcome because players can get recalled etc and, we, and we've seen that um before it's it's a you know a, a, as you say essential or, or, or necessary policy now Pompey fans are looking at what's going on at the moment they're looking around at the the, the other clubs that are doing business and uh, and and you know, they, they, people want signing. They love this time. This time of year, or the, the equivalent of, amongst all the, the chaos is normally when when you know, clubs do their recruitment and fans are looking at all the rumours and, and looking at who they would like to like to get in. <laughs> One, probably the players that they would like to get in are you know the, the bottom end of the championship because of the the, the limit on wages are out of Pompey's sphere now, and we might even talk about the fact that they may be going off abroad and and places like that uh, instead. So that's that's a uh, that's a massive issue as, as well for Pompey. So there's, a, there's, there's so much factoring into it at the moment and, and big problems. But you, you look at Bolton and the league below, they signed 14 players. And in our, in, in our division, Bristol Rovers have signed seven, Blackpool six, Gillingham and Wimbledon have signed five. 
even Plymouth have signed four players, but how many of those players would you have liked to see, you know, see rolled out at Fratton Park? What would have happened if these players had been rolled up at Fratton Park and they had the scarf and the shirt? There'd be uproar from fans because there's not much out there at the moment. You would say, oh, we should be Pompey had signed that player. I mean, who, who, you've mentioned Aidan, Aidan O'Brien. Mark, haven't you, is one potential. I mean, I, I, Callum Camps is one player that I've seen so far moving. I thought oh, that would have been a good player to get in yeah. uh, at Pompey, gone, gone to, uh, from Rochdale. <laughs> To Fleetwood, actually, I do like Fleetwood's business. Uh, that they've signed Rossiter and a young lad from Liverpool called Morgan Boys. Who, uh, you know, I know a bit about about Rossiter and I know about Callum Camps and obviously Boys are promising young players. So that looks like a good bit of business going to a club that's got a, a decent base already. But the rest of it, I think there'd have been uproar if any of these players been rolled out of Fratibar, and especially in the current climate. I mean, Jack would have taken another hammering. Yeah, the, yeah the I mean, thing... we talked we talk, we talk about this this morning about uh, Marcus Madison. Mm. Who's obviously uh, an outstanding player at this level, and um, you'd imagine would be in demand normally, but in this area of salary caps, um, it's going to rule a lot of clubs out now. Yeah. Can, can Pompey afford him themselves now because Forget they have to meet a salary cap? Forget it. No he way, is it? It doesn't work. He he's left Peterborough. Peterborough can't afford him themselves. He is a free agent, and he's not fixed up yet. Yeah. Um, mainly that would be because of clubs can no longer offer bigger wages. If there's no salary cap, might encourage Pompey. But that's the situation now. And um, we have to accept that. Players have to accept that even as well, don't they? Um, Mark, and it, I'll just, just mention to Mark, that you, you spoke about this, Mark. You think players will end up going, going abroad and we're starting to see evidence of that now, aren't we? Well, yeah, you just have to look at McGeehan and Burgess have gone abroad. And, well, Ross McCoy's being linked to St. Gallen in, 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 in Switzerland. Um, again, I can't pronounce his Who, name. Black... Again, I can't pronounce his name. I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to Turkey. So, Wait, who, who? Uh, yeah. Go on. Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm seriously not even going to attempt it. Well, like, <laughs> In a, in a podcast Mark Catlin did last week with Ian Dart, he mentioned that League One now, you're going to see League One clubs aren't going to be able to compete for players that would would normally be within their target. But they're not going to lose those players to, say, foreign clubs and even Scotland, where, where Brandon Houndstop is at the minute. So you're going to find a dearth of talent existing in League One because players are going to be able to go elsewhere, aren't they? Like, so, again... I. It comes back to the whole point. I just don't see why the EFL were so rigid in that two point five million pound salary cap. To me, it just it, it brings up a whole manner of sins that I just can't get my head around. And again, players going abroad, going to Scotland, Marcus Madison sitting without a club. When God, could you imagine he was a Pompey like, and Pompey were able to offer him terms that he would agree to like? To me, it's just the whole thing stinks, in my opinion. Like, so you, you know, Madison turned out for a non-league club in Peterborough the other day just to keep his fitness up. Yeah, was it the same club as Loa Loa played for? Oh, Peterborough Sports. Oh, I don't know actually. I think, I think it was, to be honest. Yeah, so he didn't turn up. Did he? Crazy. <laughs> he didn't turn up. <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy. But say, Pompey's wage bill at the moment, they they can't afford to get a big name player like that. Yeah. But, but they, you can't blame the Irishers, unfortunately, at the moment. No, you can't. You can't. But like, go back to the game against Oxford and, and how we all felt. Um, we, we knew at that point that the team Pompey had was not good enough to get up. Regardless of people saying, you know what, if the league had to continue, 
I reckon Pompey would have been in the top two, whatever. To me, that Pompey side was not good enough. And that was with McGee and that was with Seddon, those low knees. Pompey now going into this season are a worse off team than they were a month ago or two months ago when they were preparing for that playoffs. And I think fans are getting frustrated by that there as well. They want mm. to see improvement each season. But at the moment, Pompey aren't going to be any better than what they were last season. So why should no. there be optimism that Pompey are going to get promoted? Well, this is where the game is now. It's not, it's not just Pompey, is it? It's the, it's the division as a whole. I, I felt that that team, if that team had gone up and, and I was told, uh, you know, I was being pessimistic. I think that team would have got hammered in the championship. And yeah. uh, they, would have got, they, would have got torn, they would have got absolutely torn apart. And, and, and it stands to reason because the budget, in say four million being documented, where would that get you in the championship budget hierarchy at the moment? Probably about six million adrift of the nearest, next nearest budget. So, a slight aside, I thought when, when the Isers do, did get to the championship and all that, I mean, that's when you could really start levelling criticism at them if they didn't spend then. That, I think yeah. I've always quietly felt that that would be the, when you can really look at where their ambition lies uh, because, because of what the, the, the beast that the championship is. Now, even, even with the wage cap enforced, if you're talking about an £18 million ceiling in, in, the, in the championship and, and two and a half, it's still a monumental difference. But it just goes back to the fact that Pompey are worse off it's because the gap's growing between the divisions. Because I don't, I don't feel there's going to be. Who, who do you fancy? Who, who at the moment's looking like they're you know really going to shape up into a powerful force? I don't think. That, I think the whole the whole game is, is in a desperate situation off the back of, it, of what's happened in the recent recent months. And obviously, the, the big clubs in that are, are, are fighting the same issues the issues at Pompey are, if yeah. not worse. Something in a heap of trouble, massive trouble financially because of because of what's going on. Um, there's big problems for those those clubs. Maybe the challenge might come from someone who, who is at the probably the top end of the of the wage gap as was anyway. Maybe a Fleetwood or someone like that. I feel like Peterborough have got a, a well placed, aren't they? Um, and they, 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 there's not going to be that seismic impact that, that that clubs like Pompey are feeling. So, but I don't. I think we've got we've got to remember this is not just the situation for Pompey, but the whole of football as well. And you know, yeah. with, just within League One. But it just Mark, sounds home, the disappointment of that. Sorry, go ahead. Say, Mark, back, but back, back to your point about this team is no better than last year. And I, I know I've raised it before, but last season, Paul Downing wasn't good enough in Kenny Jackett's eyes to play for Pompey in the league after September. Yeah. Yet now, he's a serious consideration to start this season. Yeah. So, it's a massive difference. This, this team has just fallen away, unfortunately. And the only newcomers are two players are here already. So, it is yeah. not improved. Not improved well, whatsoever. Look at Lee Brown. No offence to Lee Brown. I think he's a good player. And I'm glad he's saying a new deal. Like, but he can get into the team because of Steve Seddon. Bar, obviously, the, the playoff games. Like. So, there's another example where you've got a player who can get into the team last season. Is now looking like an automatic first choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in Brown's defence... Um, he obviously had an injury for 18 months in the Achilles injury, which he had a, an operation on. And, yeah. and he's, he's recovered from that to the point of where Jackie was putting him in for the playoffs. And he did well in the playoffs, hasn't he? So, yeah. But, but you're right. Seddon was outstanding, I thought, when he came in. Breath of fresh air, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And Pompey needed that. And uh, they have to keep Curtis, don't they? 
they have to keep Curtis for me. If Curtis goes as well, oh dear. But yeah. they have to keep Curtis. You've still got issues with the number 10. Marcus is not a number 10. Um, <laughs> you've still got the issue of where do you put Andy Cannon? Um, you know, you've, 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 you've clearly, you, you must have upset Naylor and, and, and Close from how they were treated in the playoffs. Uh, are you going to go back to them now as regulars? Um, we need we need to see some good quality players that can lift the side, lift spirits, uh, lift optimism. Because at the moment, fans are quite rightly very down going into the next season. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not this team did, didn't need tinkering after the playoffs. For me, again, it needed an yeah. overhaul, and we're yeah. not going to get that. And unfortunately, because of the salary cap. He has to stick with what a lot of what he's got because he can't change it. Jordy, yeah. is, is there a risk in the Pompey approach that they are those three spaces in the squad that we've identified that can that can be filled? The earmarking championship players are Premier League players on loan. Is that a risky business when you're expecting 19, 20 year olds to come in and fill those gaps and actually improve on the team when they haven't really played first team football at all? Well, I mean, it depends. It depends what what they go for, doesn't it? There's free spaces. They don't necessarily to count towards the total. Um, be they can be uh, you know over the age of 21. They can be players that are, with first team experience if they go for. But then they're going to be looking at more more championship end than the Premier League end, aren't you? For 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 those spots. And we're hopping into uh, the rounds of what we uh, what we spoke about at length last week, which uh, young Will Rooney made that excellent point, didn't he? That we should be. We should be looking at Premier League youngsters rather than going through the situation of a of a of a yeah. really culture for the likes of Ben Thompson when when they come in if they do well because they're nearer the first team at Championship level than they would be at a Premier League straight under you know if they're under twenty three so yeah it's a it's a it's a risky policy but it's one that's born out of necessity from what where where Pompey find themselves at the moment so I don't think it's one where you could label label criticism at the club club for it it's just the situation. That they find it, it's trying to make the best of it of this difficult situation that they're in. So, uh, and, and if you just go into all, we start edging towards this issue at the moment with this whole subject of, of the squad. The biggest problem for me is, is and I wrote about it in my column, is, is that you're going to this a limited squad number now, smaller, you know, same players, hasn't, you know, hasn't been a great deal of turnover, but a lot of those players are burnt. Um, potentially there's fractures and you hope that those fractures would be able to heal but you don't need a, a, you know, an insight yeah, that, that you know, perhaps sometimes we are afforded the Germans you, can, you don't need that insight you can be on the out, currently on the outside looking in to realise that if you drop your cap- captain for the two biggest games of the season you then take a local lad totally out of the equation who had been in every squad that he'd been fit for last season the only squad he couldn't make was the one he was injured for in, in, in the Peterborough game then you're looking at Paul Downing who's getting to year on a year near on a year now in September that he, he didn't start a league game Craig McGilfrey who I don't think we're talking out of turn didn't know whether he was coming or going from January time um, when he was when he was taken out of the team on the, on the basis of a, of a well documented gut feeling you could you could even go back to things like the playoffs um, the season before uh, when Jamel Lowe and Ronan Curtis were taken out of the, of the side <laughs> and that, that lingered on over with Ronan Curtis for a long while. Gareth Evans lost the captaincy that hurt him. There's lots and lots of things that have happened. Now that that 
it's going to leave marks and, and, and you know hopefully well, fractures do heal don't they so you, you hope that they can can be sorted out moving forward and, and, to, and to strike some balance on this you must uh, it must be said as well that it's the manager's lot to make these calls because ultimately even though Kenny Jacket is surviving they do live, live or die by these decisions and, and Jacket will be probably if he listens to this thinking what the heck are we talking about because he's that type of person he thinks he's in the open <laughs> to be getting on with it and uh, that, that's that's the that's the kind of the kind of character he is, and and finally, you know, normally if you're named in that first eleven, you you tend to think the manager's great, and it's the players that are outside of it that uh, think he's all an idiot. And um, so there's all that into into the melting pot. But I just think that the greater concern, rather than fan angst at the moment, is certainly what um, what needs to be done to get the uh, a united squad fighting to get the club out of the division in very tough circumstances. Well, if you you mentioned Jagger, he's not. He, he would simply be that as your footballer, your play the play, play football. I'm not a I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to put my arm around you and, and let's talk feely feely. Mm. If 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 Jagger's not that way inclined, he's not necessarily going to he lose risks that you mentioned then, and then all of a sudden, Pompey, do you have a problem? Well, he he will he will deal with it, and he has done, and he's spoken about it. And, and Kenny always says that he has um, an open door policy. Uh, with his players, they can go and speak to him at, at any point. Uh, I don't think it's any big secret to say that he, he likes a respectful distance, perhaps with with journalists as well and and staff and and you know and everyone. And we were told that when it when he when he came to the club, but it's just that when you then have to go into the trenches and dig deep for that manager moving forward, with all these events and a lot of history that's gone before. It's perhaps fair to question: Would you would you dig so deep? It often happens, doesn't it? We we see Mourinho and when he knocks around somewhere for for some time, he ends up burning relationships. And uh, yeah, it's it's a thing that's a constant theme in football at the moment in, in recent years. And perhaps at the higher level, that's the dynamic though is a, a player power is perhaps that much greater. But it's people management and and factoring into that. So ultimately, you know. We, we will find out moving forward if, that, if there is seminal damage to those relationships and whether that's a factor in how, how Pompey fare in, in, in the forthcoming season. Neil, talking about relationships and one that no doubt has been strained over recent events, Jack Watmore. Like we've, we've mentioned that Pompey may be looking to send him out on loan to get a bit of game time there. Is that a sensible move? Or Pompey need to keep a player like that on board to, to come in, fill that void by yeah. Christian Burgess? I don't think Pompey are looking to send him out alone, are they? It was just a question asked Kenny Jacket and he uh, and he sort of commented on it. When Jack Watmore is fit, he is first choice in Jacket's team. It was proven time and time again. He, he started ahead of Burgess um, in different seasons as well. So when Watmore's fit, he's an outstanding player. He's straightway in that team under Jacket. So first of all, people having to go at Jacket over Watmore, he puts him in there. Um, but we don't know how fit Jack Watmore is at present. Obviously, he's over his injury to an extent, but we have not seen enough of him in training, in games, in pre-season friendlies to, to know for, that he's definitely okay and clear from this latest blow he's had. Um, so we're all waiting to see him in action so we can judge him. But if he's fine... He's got to be in Pompey's starting eleven because he's an outstanding talent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Neil, Neil, Neil made the point there that um, 
what it, what it comes down to with Jack is that they're going to look at him pre-season. Um, they're going to see how, he's, how he is, how he's coming back in, in training. And Mark Catlin, again, has intimated once on more than one occasion now, not, not about Jack, but just generally speaking, that they w- would potentially look to send a player or two out on loan to, if they needed to free up, free up a space. Now, that, that is you know, what they would do with Jack. If, if they feel that he needs, he's not quite at the levels where he needs to be, then that could open the door for, for him to go out. That's, that's conceived to be a scenario that, that happens. But um, as Kenny has reported, that he is back. He, he looks in good nick, um, and, and as far as we are, we're aware at the moment, although we, are, we can't get away to, to, to the training camp this week because of uh, the COVID situation, he, he's been back in training pretty much all the sessions up, up until this week. So um, we hope that he gets back and fit and he can be an asset for Pompey, but there is that, that, that leeway for that, for that to happen if he's not quite at the level that Kenny thinks he's ready. Well, no doubt both of you will be glad to be returning to match action yourself this weekend. Nights under-23s, first pre-season friendly announced. Neil, glad to be going back covering football. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's been a long time. Obviously, we had those, those two matches, didn't we, in between with the playoff. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> since, it's been going on since May, March, isn't it? Um, and uh, it's been almost 13 months since Pompey's last pre-season friendly. So, it's uh, yeah, it'll be a good one. And uh, a little stat for some of us who love it. It'll be, it'll be a, a new ground to watch Pompey play on. So, we'll chalk that up as well. My 127th. <laughs> Is it a, can you classify it as a ground? According to Jordy, it's a field with maybe a couple of cows looking over the hedge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a venue where you've seen Pompey play a game. So... Uh, I will count that. I remember when we went to um, uh, Gibraltar and Spain, we uh, probably played Brighton at uh, uh, on the grounds of a hotel as well. And uh, Brighton took that very seriously. And I was I was sat there with Neil Weld uh, in this tent to protect us from the sun. And it was it was lovely. And uh, at half time, we were asked to move because we were near the dressing room and could be listening to Poyer's team talk. Uh, so I was moved to another part and absolutely drenched by a sprinkler. So, um, yeah, sometimes they take it a bit seriously, these two friendlies, even if they are on a, uh, a venue that's not a proper one. So, uh, yeah, they all count anyway. Yeah, well, I, know for a fact, I know for a fact Jordan Cross, as Neil, is slightly concerned that it might be raining on Saturday and he might get his, his lovely locks wet because there's no, there's no stand to be sitting in. Well, this is, no. there was made a couple, a couple of good points there. He's talked about getting wet by a sprinkler and being sat in a tent. Now, I think we're weighing up <laughs> both of these events potentially for this weekend as well. <laughs> we're, looking at, we're looking at torrential yeah, rain and storms that are on and off until the weekend. And uh, there's absolutely, you literally will be, which I'm fine with, just sat on the grass with a laptop. But the uh, insistence for a blow-by-blow Runner from the powers that be, lose. <laughs> um, but it's kind of justifying my existence, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm trying to work out how the heck we're going to cover that. Um, so it might be digging out a camping chair and, and plonking a tent out, and uh, yeah, trying to make the most get all the camping gear out. I have to get my uh, yeah, the, the, the camping stove out as well, and everything else. Yes. While I'm at it. Yeah, well, because you, you, by, all ac- by all accounts, not that we know where they are, uh-huh, by all accounts. <laughs> It is actually a field, a field with nothing around it. So yeah, there's there's nothing whatsoever. Um, yeah. Uh. 
Well, we can't, even, we can't we can't even sit in in, in Kev's van because he's not he's not there, is he? So yeah, Neil, I would bring a few camping chairs while you're there as well. Um, yeah, Jordy, Jordy's book yet another holiday is probably a sixth week of the year off for <laughs> September, which he apparently is going camping. So this is ideal preparation for him, but. At the end of the day, too, it's, it is a pumpy game. So, will there be yeah. much read into the result? No, no, there won't be, will there? But just looking well, about will if Pompey up. lose, oh dear. <laughs> if Pompey <laughs> lose, no. I'm off Twitter for that weekend. I've been, I've, I've been trying to stay off Twitter for about the last month. Oh, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's it, it does it doesn't matter in pre season, and yeah, there will be a reaction. It doesn't matter. It's about building up for you know getting some minutes into the legs, and so they're going to have another. Two, they have that one and then there'll be potentially two more Saturday games building up to the September the 5th the League Cup um, start isn't it and now there's an, we're just hearing there's a, an EFL trophy game being, being put in isn't there in the middle before the uh, first game as well so yeah. it's nice to, have some, nice to have some football football on the horizon and want to start enjoying football again want to, yeah it would be nice because it was um, yeah all a bit, bit depressing at the moment and it's, uh, it's only when the games get going again and we have made the point, haven't we, when league games do start, perhaps Kenny's a bit fortunate that the fans won't be there because it won't be so poisonous. But, yeah, back to... Uh, back, even if I'm sat sat in a field with a tent and a chair, getting soaking wet, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Good stuff. Glad to hear it. Well, you two, when you go to this unknown destination, I hope you know yourselves where it is. Obviously, stay socially distanced apart. Don't be standing there... Talking each other, make sure you got your masks with you, got your hand sanitizers, and a packed lunch. Are you going to pay the mileage for two cars? Is that going to bankrupt the news? Nah, well, in these circumstances, yeah, we probably could do so. Jordy, you stay at home then. Right, lads, thank, you. thank you for your time again. It's been a good chat as always. Um, thank you all for listening as well, and we'll speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.